0: What's up everyone? Thank y'all for joining me with Buzz with Marlo. I am Warren Marlo. Okay, today I will be joined by Annette Pearson. I hope everyone has had a great week, a great day, because today I'm bringing an inspirational to you today. Like I said, I'm joined with Annette Pearson. Um, just a little bit about her. I mean, wow. Just, just an amazing woman. I will just literally say amazing woman. Very true inspirational a motivator i mean this woman's went through so much major struggles and y'all will find out more into that when we get when we get joined by her in this um just a little bit about her like a major struggle in her life that actually helped her realize that she could make a book and even though she had to take a major loss for her to make this book this book actually helped her and motivated her and more importantly God th- made her think of the positivity that could help her go through these dark dark just dark areas in her life and um, it was just a true true great time chatting with her and like it's unparalleled to anyone I've had in a while um, Annette is one of a kind and I highly highly am excited for y'all to hear this wonderful chat I had with her today um it was just inspirational I, I i can't say anything else other than that, so when we come back y'all we're gonna get right into it y'all will be we will be joined by Annette Pearson Pearson how are you doing?
1: I'm good. How are you?
0: doing good It's Friday.
1: (laughs) It is Friday. Yes, it's been a busy Friday, very rainy here in Southern California.
0: Oh, really? That sounds like the weather in Florida lately, but it's been like, it's been having its moments where it'll be like, hey, I feel like we need to have a cold season for maybe a day or so, and then we're going to go back to 80 degrees. Uh,
1: (laughs) We had that. We were in the 80s about a week and a half ago, and Uh then we went seventies, sixties, now we're in the fifties, we've done it, we've had our winter, I want the eighties back, you know.
0: (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, you are not lying. Uh there's a reason why those two our two areas are like considered the hot areas because we like the sun. We don't really care for cold weather. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) It's nice to have it on, but not fully. (laughs) Yeah,
1: no, you know, I like to say that the sun recharges my solar cells, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, I'm just a big old solar system. And so if I'm not in the sun. I don't function. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Just, I definitely need it to, to be the best me, you know,
0: just to recharge the batteries. basically.
1: Exactly. Exactly.
0: So Annette, tell me a little bit about yourself.
1: Well, thanks for asking. I, I, I wanted to say that this doing a podcast, this way is new to me, so I'm I'm glad to have the introduction <laughs> to it. Um, my name is uh, Annette Pearson. I am a wife, a mother, uh, an author, a stepmother, a pet mother, um, a friend, and a strength coach. I'm strength coach, coach, life coach, um, and. Very passionate on getting the message out that we all have strength. We just need to find it.
0: I love it. I love it. Um, I love how you just labeled all those wonderful calves. I love the pet mom one even better. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure that's like half the world. Uh Sometimes, I mean, I just say, yes, I have a pet. I don't really say the pet parent or something like that, but my wife, she'll talk to that pet, like our dog, like it's, like it's a human being sometimes i'm just oh, like yeah. i was like we have our dr doula moments you know when she talks to her i'm like I, and i and i have to be the smart I go, I go honey i'm sure sasha's gonna say yes i've been fed today <laughs> like seriously like oh my goodness but um i love it um, oh no,
1: they are i mean we have um our eldest puppy, he's 13. And notice I still call him a puppy, even though he's 13. I <laughs> mean, um, he is very much a baby so much so that, you know, granted, he's only eight pounds, he's a peekapoo, which is a Pekingese poodle mix. Okay. And, um, and so he's, he's a little guy, but he likes to be carried around in a, I'm almost embarrassed to admit it, people are going to question my sanity when I say this, but we have a puppy carrier for him that wears very much like a baby sling.
0: (laughs) And that is his favorite thing.
1: Like he asks for that. And it's been funny because, you know, we, when we go camping and his little legs just can't keep up with the long walks. So I'll wear that. And people will come up and say, oh, let me see your baby. And so I let them peek in. They're like, ah, it's a dog. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, and then we've got uh we've got um our middle puppy is 4 and then we have a brand new puppy um that has been affectionately named Crazy Daisy because she lives up to her name. Um she oh, is really? crazy puppy but we love her. She has brought so much new life and and energy into our house and I dec- definitely recommend definitely recommend the puppy thing. So we've got three of them. They will always be my puppies, no matter how old or big they get. Um, And then I've got, I've actually got, you know, a two-legged child too. Don't get me wrong. So when I say that I have a (laughs) 10 and a half year old daughter Um, and then I've got two wonderful stepchildren. And when I tell you the age, you're going to think, my goodness, how old is this woman? But I assure you that my husband started young I've got a stepson who is going to be 27 this May, um, and he is an engineer, and then I've got a stepdaughter who is in nursing school, and she's 20, and um, she'll be turning 21 in October. So we've got, you know, almost 27-year-old, a 20-year-old, my 10-and-a-half daughter, all the way down to my littlest puppies. Oh, I've got a husband, too. Did I mention him? <laughs>
0: Oh, no. Uh, I think we definitely got to include the husband.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> but let's just
1: get the order right. I mean, I love my husband and all, but when I talk about everybody, I got to talk about the, the kids and the pets and and then the husband.
0: <laughs> you, know, you know the same best for last, so I mean, That's right. use it that way.
1: Yep, always. Best for last. <laughs> but
0: I like how you did that whole resume, like you said, everything. And like, oh, and I have a husband. Yeah. And then it's just like a plural, plural right there. It's like, hey, I, I didn't leave you out. That's all that matters, right? I said what I needed for you. Yes, yes.
1: <laughs> and actually, my husband's my rock, but, you know, I I, I saved the best for last. And, uh, go. yeah, um, gosh, he has made life so exciting and interesting, and he's definitely my rock. And I like to think I've got some rock qualities to him, too.
0: <laughs> I love it. So um, I want you to explain a little bit about the strength coaching.
1: Absolutely. Um, so I have had um, a number of pretty dark moments in my life um, where um, just, you know, being in a physically and, abuse, a physically and sexually abusive relationship um, to making some very bad choices in life, physical traumas, a number of things that people read through in my book. Um, and through it all, I've I've managed to keep going, even when I was living in my car and homeless to get out of the physically abusive relationship. Um, you know, I mentioned we have a 10 and a half daughter, year old daughter. She's our miracle child and and her birth story is every bit of a miracle. We had been trying to expand our family um, since then. It's been her dream since she was, you know, can say that, she wanted a baby brother, a baby sister. So we were working through fertility treatments to give her uh, that dream and to continue to grow our family. Um, over the course of the years, I've had uh, six miscarriages. Uh, and my last miscarriage was in January uh, 2020, January 15th, 2020. I was in my second trimester and I lost our baby girl, Mary Grace. Um coming um, back from that was the hardest thing that i had ever done um i had miscarried our son a year and 5 days before so the grief that i felt after losing mary grace was just fully compounded at that point um and
0: so so when when you had miscarried with your daughter um you already had the gender revealed and everything yes
1: mhm i was in my second trimester we were, we were fully into the pregnancy. Um, and, and then after the C-section with her, um, my life became in jeopardy and and I came very close to dying right there on the operating table. So fighting my way back from the situation compounded with the grief, um, was the hardest thing I ever did. And at that moment in time, I didn't think I was going to make it through it. After everything that I had been through in my life, um, and everything that my husband and I had gone through, I really felt like this was, this was it. This is the moment that I was going to just give up. And, and I didn't, and I didn't realize, you know, as I'm sitting there saying, I can't do this anymore. I'm at the end of my rope. You know, I'm, I just started in full PTSD and, um, was crying all the time. I started to, at the same time, be able to get out of bed and, you know, get my daughter off to school. And I would say, okay, I just have to make it, I just have to hold myself together, pull myself together until Faith gets off to school, and then Faith would get off to school, and then I'd have my breakdown, right? And then I would pull myself together about the time that she gets home, and I would say, I just have to hold it together until she goes to bed, and then I could break down again. And I was doing but that, but at the same time, I was also you know, getting her off to school, getting her home from school, getting homework done, making dinner. And at the same time, I'm saying, I can't do this. I don't have any strength. And then one day it occurred to me in a quiet moment of reflection that what I was doing took strength. Um, and I w- had not stopped going. I was continuing to go for my family, um, you know, for for me. And the stronger that I could become the, the healthier I was going to be for my family and help them too, because they were also struggling. You know, faith was, was very lost with, you know, she was so excited to have a baby sister. Um, you know, my husband was all ready to have an infant in the house again. And, you know, I wasn't the only one struggling and I had to find Mm -hmm. that way to keep going, not just for myself, but for my family. And as I'm continuing to get going and I'm, you know, moving forward one step at a time, you know, I started to, I was in that moment where I'm thinking, why, 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 why me? Why is this all happening to me? Why did my family, you know, and, and somebody had suggested to me have, you know, do you know what the purpose of all this was? And I'm like, how could there be a purpose to this? There's no purpose to it. It's just, you know, it's just awful. And then I realized, you know what, there has to be a purpose. Um, And that's the way that I'm going to be able to keep going. And then in another quiet moment of reflection, it came to me that what if the purpose of all this was giving my life new purpose? Because at the same time, I was questioning, who am I now? You know, we had been trying to get pregnant for, you know, 10 years. My daughter was born with fertility treatments. Um, You know, I was getting in that identity of, of having an infant again. And now who am I? Um, I came out of that surgery with, you know, fewer female organs. Who am I now without these things? And then it's, well, what if all that, what if the purpose all that was to give my life new new purpose? And that isn't sharing the message of strength. You know, I had to realize that I had more strength than I gave myself credit for in the fact that I was able to keep going and getting up every day and taking care of my family and doing all the things that I have to do going back to work after 12 weeks, that t- took a tremendous amount of strength. Um, and so once I realized that, and I, I realized that I found my strength in the dark, and I just wasn't giving myself credit for it, I started to realize, well, you know what, maybe that's the purpose is in spreading that message. How many other people, you know, men, women, are out there feeling like they just don't have the strength to keep going. They, they just don't know where they're pulling it from, or they're feeling ashamed or guilty or alone, but we do have the strength in us. And, you know, I just, I found my strength in the dark and maybe that's where other people can find their strength too. So once I, I, I kind of got to the point that maybe this was my new purpose, that you know of all the things I survived, and I really want to pinpoint on that word there, survive, because I did survive it. Yeah. I, I am a survivor. Yeah. I am a warrior. We are all warriors, and all of a sudden, I felt healing. I felt power again.
0: I felt kind of an awful type scenario. It's like like you felt like there's a whole new reasoning for so much things because you've questioned it for so long. That's
1: exactly right. And and so, you know, I had been dabbling with some writing coming through a, um, a support group and kind of writing my my feelings and guided um, journals that they had been asking. And, um, you know, the facilitator commented about, you know, my writing and how healing it was and how it helped people. And, um, and she was writing a book. And so she referred me to her publisher and Um, I signed with the publisher and I started writing the book officially the day after I had my last surgery to repair what was done to save my life after losing Mary Grace. And I wrote and published that book in four months um, because I became so passionate about the message and that all that I had been through, I know there are other people struggling right now especially whether it's a loss, whether it's, you know, other situations, whether it's just what's going on in the world right now, there are people struggling. And I became so passionate that I had this message to share, I do have this positive message to share, and I want to get it out with the world. And so just the writing came just flowing out of me. And, you know, from this, I gave birth to a book. Um, And I gave birth to a book that, you know, the, the goal is to help even one person, if I can just help one person find their strength in the dark, then, then everything that was involved with the writing and the publishing of this book has been worth it.
0: I love it. I, I, love, I love how you use that just to basically make a change. Right. And the way you just said that, um, I kind of had that same scenario. Um, I think I talked to you a little bit before we even planned on doing this and told you I, was a, I used to be a performer, professional wrestler. Um, where you sat here and said that you went through so much triumphs and stuff. I kind of had the same problem, but I only had a son and I literally just got out of high school, just graduated high school, went almost to play college basketball. And then obviously, you know, kids have fun and they think they're freely and do whatever. And then you, then you get that knock on the door and someone's telling you, Hey, that person that you were messing around with is pregnant. And you you kind of just sit there and think it is, laugh it off a little bit and whatever. But then I got to the point where I had to straighten up. Then I had my son. Um, we found out he was special needs. Um, he had, I don't know if you've ever heard of this, uh, neurofibromatosis. Um, he was diagnosed with 12 birthmarks, literally not even 12 months old. Um, it was definitely not easy at all at all really i mean my poor kid he crawling he started crawling when he was one and it wasn't like fully crawling it was like just slowly just able to roll around type scenario and believe it or not my son really never even walked until he was like six fully walking until he was six years old um my son me and his mom obviously split and the only the main trauma thing that caused me to actually become a professional wrestler was uh, she up and left with him and I had no contact or anything from them for almost, almost a year, almost I th- actually not even a year. I actually had about nine months and we went to court and just so I could see him. And I got basically two days child with him and stuff like that. And I'll say one of the most darkest times of my life was, knowing that I'm a father but it felt like my son was gone. It felt like my son was dead. It felt like I was not a father anymore. It felt like I was lost. I mean at that time where I'm just sitting there I'm like, "Oh man, like I wanted to play college basketball." I realized, man, I'm I'm so much and more enjoying fatherhood. I'm so much wanting to be a father. And we were together for two more years I think after we had the babe, had him, and um, like I said, she up and left with him. And I didn't hear anything from them for almost about nine months, went to court. Uh, we went off and on. It was not the easiest hassle. It probably still has not been the best when it comes to court systems, but it changes you. And um, I love how you said people, people get worse than what we have, and there's ways to express it and not basically feel down all the time. And, I mean, it was so tough for me. I mean, I looked at women a different way. I thought people just treat people wrong all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just I was very <laughs> just by myself for the longest time. And then, obviously, some somebody was just – I was watching something on TV, and they were showing some open tryouts. And I was like, you know what? I have nothing to lose anymore. Why not try it? Why not try something? I mean, what's the worst? Either me get paid to beat up somebody, or I'm probably going to go do something very stupid that I should not even think of doing, but that's where I was right. at. So that's where professional wrestling came in my picture for about six years, and I loved every minute of it. Uh, sometimes I think about it still. I mean, but concussions are real. Wrestling. It's fake, but it does The hurt. injuries are real. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: It really is real. When you go to the doctor and they look at you and go, so um, let me guess. And they look at your x-rays and they look at you and go, hey, I'm guessing you do some type of contact sport. And I was like, yep. And he was like, um, I'm guessing the way you do this, it's – pretty brutal to possibly your neck and stuff like that i was like yeah it can be but i'm very safe and i was just doing it just to get a checkout checkup because i was actually getting a very big opportunity and um doctor came back after i got this x-rays it was basically just these little brain scans it was just something that everyone was supposed to be doing this is when the concussion protocol was getting very rampant and um Everybody was practically cracking down like, hey, you have to go get this done once a year or we're not signing any of you. And the opportunity I was getting, I had to have this. So doctor comes in with two x-rays and looks at me and goes, this is, he's like, I'm not going to point out one that is yours. And I'm not going to point out one that is just an example. But which one looks better to you? And I was looking at him and I was like, they both look kind of the same. He said, exactly. Your brain's like a forty year old man. And um I'm only twenty-six at that time. Actually no, twenty seven. Oh it was twenty-seven twenty. I think twenty-seven now. And um <laughs> my wife was in there with me, so obviously I had no choice. Of no, quitting. no.
1: Us <laughs> wives are like that, you're not getting out of the ad exam room. Uh-huh.
0: <laughs> uh, <laughs> she looked at me and said, You're done. I don't care. I was like, but I have a title and stuff like that. She said, I do not care. You are done. And the way you just said about your child, like you were wanting to have another baby and stuff. Um, we had that same happen. Um, we had a miscarriage, literally right after I proposed to her, which was the funnier. I mean, it's not funny, but I mean, it was just, what coincidence. We just go after I finally get her dad's blessing and stuff. Hey, can I propose to your daughter? He said, absolutely. Not even a week later, she's taking a pregnancy test. Cause I actually no, it was a month later, literally the day of it. And, um, it was like, Oh yeah. Hope you enjoyed to be a grandparent. And it was weird at first, but they were so excited and we were getting into it more. I think it was about our third, third look. And then we went in there. My wife was just, actually, believe it or not, we were actually about to rush the marriage a little bit because with her being pregnant, you know how girls are. They don't want to look real big in wedding dresses. So we were going to get married by the court and just do it an easy way just to say we're married. Because I had a big thing on that because, like I said, I had a child with someone that I wasn't married to. And and I said flat out, I'm not marrying someone unless I'm, I'm not having a baby with someone unless I'm married to them. Because... Court systems are very messed up, and there's a rule um, where the cop goes, where, I, like when I said my kid was missing, and I had cops involved, and they were like, well, you have just the amount of rights as we do to your son right now and because we weren't married. That's right. So I promised myself I would never have that problem ever, ever, ever again. So we were about to rush the marriage. Actually, we, she was about to get married. We were about to get married that Thursday. We went in there and got this checkup. They actually was giving us an ultrasound again, which we weren't supposed to get one. But my wife, would, my wife had, and she was anxious just to see it. So when we went in there and we saw nothing. And I mean, I know doctors, they're used to seeing this all the time. But just the reaction that they said, I was just like, wow, I was just in disbelief. Um, literally, that's how we found out was literally, we looked at the ultrasound, and they were just like, they cut it off. My wife was sitting there, was like, what's wrong? And they were like, we're sorry. That's how we found out. And it was really hard on her, more than anything. I mean, my poor darling wife went through all kinds of mess. When I say the morning sickness, it's all day, everyday sickness for her. She couldn't keep anything down or anything. So I was just like, maybe it's a good thing also, because I was like, Now you're not just going to be sick all the time, but it really took a major hit on her more than anyone that I knew at the time. And it was just like, I want to be able to give her a child. And obviously the times we weren't trying, voila, we had our beautiful little baby girl. And then not even two months later, I'm retiring out of wrestling after being in it for six years because it was just, I mean, I had to, I had to really consider like seeing things like, yes, my health, Okay, big deal. I can band-aid up and go, whatever. But when I have another child and I'm married, it kind of makes a difference. Yeah. <laughs> it kind of like you have to look at it in a different way. Um, my kid loved loved me being a wrestler. I I kind of was like a Spider-Man character to him, so he absolutely loved every bit of it. And he would tell the kids all the time, he's like, ah, that's my daddy. He's AP, da-da-da-da-da. And I mean, it was just, I loved the feeling. I was very popular. And one reason why I started doing this podcast was just like how you said, I wanted to message out the people to realize your worst day can also be your best, be someone's best. And that's what I, honestly everybody's got to realize because we all go through tough struggles in life, but it's a different way. And one way I've always said this, I'm not, I'm not all superly religious on it, but I've always lived by this there's some, there's always challenges that come to you to make you better. It's always challenges to thicken the skin basically more and more. Um, and I sit and I've sat there and seen that for so long as like, I've just went through so much trials and errors. I've never said the parenting issue with my kid and his mom and me basically agreeing to much, still not the best of hands, but I'm making the best that I can of it. Just I'm appreciative to have my son, Appreciative to see him walking, talking. And I just, and after all this, I know that he still loves me and he knows I'm there for him. And that's my biggest worry always have been about that. And what was my big worry too about having another child was like, I didn't want to play the favoritism level, but obviously you just get those little worries when you first do it. But when it happens, it's like, what was I worried about? Like, what was all that to even be scared about? I love both of them at the exact same as much as each other. So it's not like I'm picking one over the other. Granted, my daughter lives with me way more than my son, but still, I still love them both Absolutely. the same way. So I love the proper message that you said.
1: You that. know, a couple of things from that. Um...
0: Sorry for rambling, no, but no, yeah. That's,
1: you know what? I, I'm here to listen to people, I like to listen to people. Um, I like to, you know, I, it's it's now my life's purpose to be able to I, help people I get in these very situations. Level in
0: how do I say this on the podcast? Because it's like, yes, I'm bringing out a podcast to help people out, but also I got to let people That's know right. who I am. And I've been very level. I've been very level on how some ways I'm going to talk about that situation because I don't know how people would bring well, that situation Well, that's
1: the thing. Up. You've got to be you.
0: I could actually come out here and just throw a blast on somebody, but no, I'm showing the very respectful and professional way that I can yeah. do it and just make it seem like, you know what, both sides is okay. Well, you know. I don't go out and pick a side yeah, or anything no. like that. That's the biggest thing. That I'm I gonna think do a couple
1: do. things there. First of all, you do you, right? Like in my book, I am totally me. I don't pretend to be somebody I'm not. I put it all out there. I am completely, you know, transparent um, in this book, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And the things that people need to know to understand how I became me and how I found my strength in the dark, because yes, I, I continue to move through every situation through you know having a total knee replacement and then a stroke and then having a septic reaction with my body even though i did not have an infection you know i moved through all of these things but it you know and yes there was strength in each one i'm not saying there wasn't but i think it was it was the culmination mm-hmm. of all of this that finally helped me to see that that strength is and i think the reason why it's important to take this journey for me and for you to take your journey in self-reflection is because it's all of these events in life that makes us who we are today. It's all of these events in life that helps us see what we've overcome and that, you know, I can look back now and say, I survived, I am a warrior, but it in those each, each of those situations, I couldn't say that. I couldn't serve say that, you know, I survived you know, physical abuse to the point where I still have headaches today. I can't, at that time, I couldn't say it, but now I can look back and say, I am a a survivor of abuse. I am a survivor of trauma. I am a survivor of loss. Now, we also always have, you know, would I, if I had my choice between having my daughter or having a book, of course, there would be no, no, No doubt about it, right? My daughter, she's a piece of my heart died the day that she died. But where I'm going with this is that we all are given what we've got. and, And we have to find a way to find our way through that. As I say, feel your way through that to discover what's next. You know, if you had asked me a year ago today when I had just been home from the hospital after being in for six days... Um, if I could see myself at the point where I could talk about my daughter dying, if I could, I would have never there, there would have never been an issue of like, I would writing a book, never like doing a podcast. Never. It was just about, could I get through that hour without crying? But there was an evolution Uh of how I got to where I am today. And I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Like I'm not this perfect that person that was just able to just say you know i'm moving on i am just like all of us like we all have the times in our lives where we are not so strong you know i have times in my, yesterday right when i when i was crying but the difference in where i see where i come in as a strength coach and where i say that i can relate to you guys is that Nobody is strong all the time. I'm not strong all the time. You're not strong all the time. We all have our, our good and bad moments, you know. I in my we
0: all pull our from home. yeah, I, <laughs> we all have. Yeah, our you know,
1: in my book, I say, if you know, the ocean ebbs and flows, right, with the strength of the waves, and if the ocean isn't expected to be strong all the time, then why am I? So you know, it's 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 allowing ourselves to feel through that moment and say, you know what, I'm feeling really emotional right now, really sad, really angry, whatever those feelings are, but I know I'm going to be okay. I know I'm going to survive this moment because I've already survived so much. You know, I like to think that in life, we have a dimmer switch installed in all of us, right? If you think about it from that perspective Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, when you think of a, a dimmer switch in you know, a dining room from the 1980s, if, I'm probably dating myself there, but you know, you have the the light that can go all the way off, right? You turn it all the way to one way to turn the light off and then you turn it all the way to the other way to turn the light back on. Well, sometimes our dimmer switch goes to the off position and sometimes it's all the way back up. But what's important in life is that when it goes and it dims the lights inside of us that we know how to reach for it or reach for our toolbox to turn it up or, or to our support systems. You know, I say we all carry an emotional toolbox with us. And so I think about it as like a little red toolbox, or for me, it's probably a pink toolbox because pink's my favorite color as people will tell from the, my cover of my book, (laughs) but in it are the tools that we need to find our strength and it are the tools that we need to get through the day, whether it's a phone number of somebody, you can call at 3am or, you know, a music that you like to listen to, to help you get through that moment. Or it's, you know, a bunch of pieces of paper of affirmations that you can say to yourself, we all have these tools that we carry with us. And so when the light goes out Mm -hmm. in that, when that dimmer switch goes down and the light goes out a little bit, we need to know where our toolbox is and how to turn that light back up. You know, all the things that you told me, the one thing that I kept thinking as you were saying all that is, wow, you are a strong person. You found in all of that darkness and the things that were coming to you, you found a purpose. You found your purpose and your way of getting through it, your way of being a survivor. And that's really amazing. You know, looking back is, are there things that you may have done different along the way? Of course. Are there things that I would do different along the way? absolutely freaking but you know what? We survive. We all do the best that we can. So, you know, that's the thing that whether, whether people take a look at my book or not, what I want everybody to know is that we've all got this warrior inside us. Um, We just need to be able to reach for it. And if that, well, that means to some people is today I put a foot on the floor, the other one's still in the bed, but I put one on the floor. That's great wonderful that took a tremendous amount of strength acknowledge
0: that i I hate to cut you on that i love how you said that that's one way i tell people because i I, the way i've also healed myself also was just me going to the gym i mean that was just my way of being anger management type scenario like that was my thing just to take all my frustration out and i always tell people all the time the hardest thing is to do is to show up if you show up you're already halfway to the you're already halfway there that's more than what other people's would do. So I hate to cut you off. No, of that, absolutely. But, uh, You're
1: right. I mean, just showing up is such a battle in itself, showing up emotionally or physically, or even showing up with your feelings, you know, feeling mm-hmm. your way through a situation. When you talked about your wife and your loss, you know, the first thing I thought about is how your wife had to go through her feelings through it. Right. Like. Like. Um, she had to, she, she may have felt empty. She may have felt like a number of different feelings. I don't want to try to guess because it's individual. There's no rules to grief. There's no policies to griefs. So there's no right or wrong. We all need to do it the way we need to do it in the timeline that we need to do it. But, you know, for your wife to feel her way through that, that took a tremendous amount of strength for her. So whether you show up by feeling your feelings, by crying and letting yourself release that emotion, by talking to somebody, by saying, you know what, this situation really sucks, but I'm going to be kind with myself. I'm going to be gentle and patient. And I'm going to let myself feel this way. You know, today, I'm going to let myself feel angry and saying, but today, I'm going to feel that way. And calling that out versus saying, I don't know why I'm angry. I'm angry every day. But to say, I... I'm aware that i'm feeling angry today and i'm going to be patient with myself through that anger so i can work through it that takes strength so however you need to show up you do you don't do what people are asking mm-hmm. you to do or telling you what to do or what they think you need to do you'll hear a lot of shoulds in life but my reaction to that is don't should on yourself um, if you want to picture yeah. the word should in brown then please do i do so do you do what you want to do? You do how you need to do, but just show up for yourself. And that's the first step to taking to finding your strength.
0: Yeah, I love it. I love it. Um, tell me a little bit about how the process is about your book. I want to go back a little bit on that. Um, I've had some authors on here before and they have said how much hassle it is for people to publish their book and get it out there for them. And obviously with the covid issues and stuff like that obviously so what what trials have you had some so far
1: you know um i have i have an amazing publisher i mean i'm not sure what more i can say than that but for people interested in writing a book i think the first thing to do is to find a publisher that truly has your back i did i'm very blessed Um, you know, it's a, it's a, a husband and wife team and, you know, from guiding me through the process of writing the book to letting me cry on, you know, the husband's virtual shoulder through, you know, zoom, because I was working through a really hard topic in my book, I had their backing and that was amazing. So they took a lot of that and, and made it relatively, um, easy for me. The other thing I would say is that, you know, the hardest process might be in just sitting down and you have to, once you make the decision to write a book for me, I had to own that decision. That moment that Mm -hmm. became one of my priorities and I had to schedule myself and discipline myself to do it. But like I said, once I became passionate about my purpose for writing that book, it also became something that I wanted to do to sit down and do it. You know, I think the the thing that some people, well, in fact, this morning, somebody was telling me, isn't it hard for you to go out there and, you know, publish or do the advertising and speak about your book? That takes a lot of work. But to me, it's not taking mm-hmm. work because to me, this is just a way for me to spread my something message about strength.
0: About. It's something that you're very passionate Absolutely, about. So obviously, yeah. it's something that you look forward to. In a way, it's something that you look forward to. Don't get me wrong. You, Writing you're, you're that book was hard.
1: Um, from an oh, emotional standpoint because with each chapter, I relived the moments. I went back to my journals at the time and and I'm really good at in journals, writing down conversations. Oh, so-and-so said this and I said this and stuff like that. And so to go back and relive those conversations and, and those moments, it was challenging, but it was also freeing. You know, if you want to think of, you know, the word, the song free word and hold it your Lighters," absolutely because it was very freeing and healing to do this. So, you know is it as easy as going to buy a new pair of shoes absolutely not is it as hard as you know building a new house by yourself no it's somewhere in the middle but i think the the difficulty of it becomes how much you're committed to it and how much you are behind the message um and that's then that's where it is for me anyway you know I, i've gotten a lot of comments because um as you could tell with my personality, I'm very sarcastic. Um, you know, at last. Oh, I love
0: it. I, I love. I love that type of sarcastic because I mean, when you talk, when we first talk, I can just tell like this is going to be interesting because I can just tell your vibe, energy is just you're down to earth. Absolutely. And it's like when you go into when you go into talk about what you went through and stuff like that, that brings out that shows like, hey, I have went through so much, so this is why I'm who I am. And it's great because it's it's major chapters in, pe- in people's lives, and people talk to me all the time because like I don't worry about stuff. I mean, my wife, she probably worry about what's for dinner or something like that. And I just like you know what, we'll figure that out maybe in the next twenty or thirty minutes or something like that. I'm 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 just don't worry anymore because it's just like I see stuff so different. I see stuff I'm very appreciative of because we're not promised another day. No. We're not promised tomorrow, and. With stuff that's going on in the world, I mean, we should be appreciative because I've had people on my podcast that have told me they're still in lockdown. Uh, there's somebody in the UK. I don't know if you saw my recent episode. Um, she just She's done this documentary about this guy that was wrongly accused of a rape and murder case. And um, she was on to her second film and she's only got three more shots to do. But obviously with lockdown, she can't finish those three shots. So it's like her whole movie is like waiting on those three shots just so she could finish this movie. But in Canada, it's, it's on lockdown. Yeah. Like yep. there's no way for them to do it. It's anything.
1: really bad here so in California. Like, and I think, you know, about I wrote this book and there's even a chapter in my book about, you know, grief and a pandemic. But I, I you know, what I really want to say is I've been, I've always had a sarcastic dry sense of humor, kind of laughing. Well, not kind of mm-hmm. ideal laugh, all throughout my life. But I think it's really important that we don't change who we are as we are finding our strength, but also that we do laugh. And so I've said to my readers, please laugh at parts when you're reading my book, you will laugh, you will cry and don't be embarrassed or ashamed if you laugh, because I want you to laugh. And that's why there is my, you know, dry humor in there. But, you know, laughter is medicine for the soul laughter Mm -hmm. is meditation and you know if you think about it when you those times when you've just had this really crazy belly aching want to pee in your pants type laugh and how you feel afterwards it's because it literally relaxes everything in you so you know Mm -hmm. i i appreciate laughter and you know the the full title of my book is finding strength in the dark a story of hope love faith and hot pink mary Janes. So, you know, and on it, I've got a, a picture of a six inch um, pair of, of Mary Jane's, you know, six inch high heel. And, you know, part of that is because that's me. I am the pink sparkly girl that'll never change no matter what happens to me. But it's also a picture of the shoes that I wore at my vow renewal. Um, the vow renewal was uh, just about four six months after I had a total knee replacement at a very early age. Um, and the doctor said in the knee replacement that, um, yeah you know, my husband's giving me the, the stink eye early age. Yeah. I'm going to go with that <laughs> anyway. So, so I, the doctor said that in the surgery, my knee was literally, literally eroding in his hand. It was probably the one of the worst knees that he's ever seen. And he said, you know, you're not going to learn to run again. You can get rid of all your high heels. That will help you pay my medical bill. You know, it's it's all the, <laughs> these things that I wasn't going to be able to do. So here came the vow renewal. And um, it was in Vegas, typical, you know, we rode to the chapel in a gray limousine with a guy in a blue sequin tux jacket. And, you know, it was just the typical <laughs> Vegas I wedding. And um, And I talk about it in my book and me and my, you know, Vintage Hollywood glam dress that, you know, as I'm sliding across the hotel in my high heels, because I was determined to wear them and everybody's taking a picture of me like I'm a celebrity because every bride in Las Vegas is a celebrity. So, you know, I'm writing about these, but the thing is this the significance of those shoes. There was no way I could wear that dress with flats. And let me tell you that every. Every girl out here listening to me is going to admit you cannot wear flats on your wedding day with a dress that's supposed to be all vintage Hollywood glam. So I had to find the perfect shoes and they were pink Mary, Mary Janes. But I got those shoes and I said, you know, I'm going to make these shoes my bitch. Like, excuse the language. You know, I hope we don't get censored on that.
0: Oh, you're good. I
1: feel feel <laughs> free it. to bleep to me. But I did. And I sat there and I was really angry at those shoes when I first got them. And I'm like, no, no, like. You're gonna be my bitch, but you can sit there, and I'm gonna stare at you for another two weeks until I figure this out, you know. And then I finally put them on, and I had to teach my <laughs> got again. Yeah, I had to make a <laughs> I had to make a plan to attack those shoes. So finally, I put them on, and I had to teach myself how to walk again in the high heels. Um, and so it kind of gets back to when I'm walking, you know, to meet my my husband, who was the groom for the night, you know, at the other end of the hotel. And, the, you know, I'm cussing out the carpet because why do they have to make the carpet so slippery And these shoes that hadn't been scuffed? And oh, my gosh, I'm going to end up a big pile of white tulle laying there in the middle of the casino because I'm going to fall in my Hollywood glam dress with, you know, the, all the big puffy clouds around it are going to be there. And I'm going to be the bride that's going to end up going viral. That's like planted on the floor in the casino. But I did it. So I got there and and then, you know, go to walk down the aisle. And that's when the nerves really hit because we were streaming the vow renewal. And so, gosh, if I fall now, it's not just falling in a casino with a video that will go viral. Now it's actually going to be my friends and family that will see me fall. But I walked down that aisle Mm -hmm. and I think I look pretty freaking amazing walking down it, but the other thing is I had practiced and I did it, I got a foot pop and kiss at the end of the valve renewal ceremony. And I even stood on the knee that had been operated on. So, you know, from fighting my way back from having that knee replacement to, oh, I had a stroke the day after the knee replacement and had to learn, you know, how to walk again. And I had a speech therapy and I, you know, basically lost a lot of cognitive ability. And I wrote a book, you know, there are things that we have to symbol. So yeah, those shoes on the cover, those awesome. are my symbol of strength. And I hope to the listeners out there that you that can find cool. your symbol of strength and own it. Rock it. I rock those shoes. I own those shoes. And I want you to own your strength.
0: I love it. I absolutely love it. I, I do want to finish on this, though. How you just said y'all renewed y'all's was, was in Vegas. That's where me and my wife got married, was in Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> <The whole> limousine? <laughs> no, we didn't. No, we didn't do all that, but we uh, got married. I always thought it was funny because, obviously, when you go to Vegas, this is my first time going to Vegas. Her dad, because we were, like I said, we were going back and forth on the wedding so much because, obviously, when she was pregnant, we rushed the wedding. It was supposed to be in January, and we rushed it because when she got pregnant, we were thinking, okay, we need to rush it more because I'm not getting married unless, I meant not having a kid unless we're married. So then that happened. Then we pushed it back down. Then we went. You're like, you know what? It's cheaper just go to Vegas because he gave us a budget. And I was like, so how much is that going to cover? He said probably the DJ and maybe half of the dress. And I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, he's like Vegas three thousand dollars and we're good. Fine, if you want. Yeah, sure. Have <laughs> like, Vegas okay, for three
1: cool.
0: grand. <laughs> like seriously, I mean it was wonderful. I mean. All thirteen. I was like about twenty something people in there, but I mean it was streamed all over because obviously people can't all make Vegas. But I love how you just said that because um we had that. But the best part was you know the fake chapel that in the Hangover where Doug married the hooker.
1: Yes. Yeah. Have you ever watched Hangover? Yeah.
0: Well, we were we got married in the actual real (laughs) one. No, no, I I I didn't know like. I was like, oh before I say Hooker, let's let's make sure we we know the audience on that part. But um we actually got married at the actual chapel of it. They were telling us that, yeah, we were the fake copy for that movie. And I thought that was actually the most intriguing thing. I was like, Yeah, I'm getting married where Dale met a hooky, <laughs> where Doug married a Hooker. <laughs> My wife had just at the time she never watched the movie. And I was like, You do know before we go, you gotta watch this movie. And she's like that way, that chapel didn't look nothing like ours. I was like, is that Because they just said it was a knockoff version of it. But I thought that was the coolest part about it. But, I mean, it was, it's such a cool thing. Um, hey, we
1: had our reception Vegas. in a tequila bar at the Luxor Hotel. So
0: I could... Oh, our reception was that uh, Fogo de Chao. What was that? The Fogo de Chao. Okay. I think that's what it's called. The, snake, uh, the steak yeah, Brazilian yeah. place. Ooh. I mean, that was my first time ever eating at something like that. Obviously... Not used to, hey, make sure you keep your card green if you want more food. <laughs> if you don't want any more, flip it over to red. And I was not understanding that. So when they kept stuffing the table more and more, I'm just sitting there like, hey, I'm not hungry. Like, you got to flip your card, sir. I was like, oh, okay. Flipped it after like six different types of steak are on my plate. Like, it was just crazy. But I I love how y'all just said that. And I loved how you just said the shoes. Like, that was your main prize and goal. Like, I would. I'd picture somebody say, like, like how I said, I I made it to college basketball. I went through so much to get there. And when you feel like it's taken away, you, you feel defeated. You feel like you failed at what your goal was. So I love how you said that thing about your heels. Like you made them, you made it work. You didn't care what was going to happen. You were going to right. do it. And you were, you were the metaphor of Nike. Just do it. I think your book and. sorry
1: where'd you go like you just dropped me
0: i was talking and it's like recorded stuff i was like no (laughs) well you know
1: if you wanted this thing to end you could have just said buying it
0: (laughs) (laughs) absolutely not um i actually that was the funniest part i was like we were and i just see it it says recorded done i was like oh
1: i'm sitting here answering your question and then all of a sudden this big pop
0: I know, I was, yeah. I was devastated, but Annette, I, I absolutely enjoyed this conversation today. It was such a blast. Um, The one thing I want to just say about you, you are simply inspiring to so many people. Um, Coming from a guy that had a mom that literally was in and out of a hospital since I was like for. And I remember my jokes when I was playing on baseball teams, they would look at my mom and go, I swear, every every new season, there's something wrong with you. Like, you got a cast, neck brace. What Next, you're going to have a wheelchair. <laughs> Luckily, she never had that part. But, like, I just love how – just how strong you are. And I love the oh, size about the high heels. Absolutely. Honestly, I think that should be your major trademark. Like, I feel like you should have your own high heels after that because –
1: no, oh, I do. <laughs> in fact, yeah, um, the the ones on the cover. Um, the ones on the cover of the book are actually mine. Um, so yeah, no, I, I do. Um, I I do get a little bit of the stink eye when I just wear them around the house while I'm dusting. But you know, to each their own. So, um, you know. I'm just going to do me and you do you type thing, but I do have those. And, you know, unfortunately during COVID, like I'm not being taken out and wined and dined like I should be, but you know, I'll give him grace on that. But yeah, when, as soon as this COVID thing is, is, is moving forward and we're back to normal um, those, those things are going to go out for a spin on the town again. But You know, I'd love to come back and, and talk with you again. I think this has been great. I've laughed a lot. I think that's great um and you definitely
0: had me come out of my be- shell because i usually like i said i don't reveal some of that stuff but i mean the major thing i've learned about being and having a podcast is just be open-minded and be able to relate to so much stuff and I, when you said all that and i was just like oh and like i couldn't even control myself in ways and i'm just like hold up i need to kind of level down how i'm saying i don't want to ang- sound angry or anything like that like i gotta be professional on that part but i absolutely loved it and I highly recommend you to probably start thinking of doing a podcast in the future like I think it would be simply amazing for women men, oh, I'm thinking about in general it. i I love the personality yeah. and I would and I would have an honor to be joined on one of your podcasts because I know it would absolutely be amazing
1: Oh it's something that I'm thinking on and working towards yeah mm-hmm. um, you know it's it's funny uh, um when this first came out, you know, somebody said to me, well, are you going to start doing podcasts now? Are you going to start, you know, doing this and doing that? And I'm like, "Uh, um,
0: (laughs) you just got done with uh, the book. Hold up there.
1: (laughs) I'm like, yeah. And then, and then I said, I've never done a podcast before. And she said, well, you're never going to know how you would do until you take that imperfect action step. So I said, you're right. So I did it. And it was, it was imperfect. And then when I launched my book um, on January 13th, I had a public Facebook Live to introduce my book. Um, I have some dear friends that, um, that I, one of my dear friends that wrote a song, I have her lyric in the book as the ending ending in my book. And then the performer of it, Jeff Pike, he did a live performance on um, my Facebook Live and, and Rosalind, who's the writer, she came and spoke about the inspiration behind it. And then what we wanted to do is because it was also, you know, my son, we lost my son on January 10th and my daughter on January 15th. So the book launched on January 13th and we wanted to take, um, an opportunity to have a moment of silence for all those that we lost in 2020. And then as well, um, you know, for, I had a, a, a trailer that I did, um, a video trailer that I did honoring all those people and showing pictures and, um, names and and jeff saying somewhere over the rainbow and so you know they were joking with me when it came to the moment of silence they said you know annette can you stay silent for a moment i'm like yeah i can do that well just at that moment i hit the wrong when i was going to start the, the the video i hit the wrong button and i cut myself off <laughs> and so people are in the live going um we're not seeing annette anymore And so that was my really, really imperfect action. And of course, I came back and said, well, you know, I wasn't sure that I could really stay quiet for a moment. So I cut myself off, but let's start again. (laughs) Um, So, you know, bad timing. But again, it's just about taking that imperfect action. That's a big lesson that I've learned through this process um, from a dear friend. And I would encourage your listeners and you too. like, you know, if you wait for the time to be perfect, you're never Mm going to have that time. Don't try to drive the outcome, just something you want to do, and just take the step and get it done Um, because you're never going to know what you can do until you do it. So, I am going to move forward with the podcast. I'm doing a little bit of planning, right? I'm not going to wait till everything is perfect because, you know, I'm just going to go for it. I've sat here and
0: I, the funny thing is, when I first started doing this, like my first episode was just me rambling on about myself. It was just amazing, like how many plays I got in that day. I was like, People are really hearing this. Like it was an hour. Like I thought I wasn't even going to go more than 30s. I really did not think I was going more than 20 minutes. And when I got, when I was just halfway done, and I'm looking at, it, I'm like, holy cow, I'm at 45 minutes. What the heck? And I'm like, I'm just talking about myself. Like I'm looking at, it, I was like, um, I might have a problem, or should I be proud about this? I don't know what's up. Nobody's talking to me. It's just me talking to this thing <laughs> and record. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, the time has definitely flown by since we've been talking and um, you know, I, I, I just happened, I just was wondering, you know, I could talk to you for a while, but I wonder if there's a listener out there that needs to go pee. So.
0: <laughs> I, I'm i sure someone. <laughs> yeah. But Annette, I appreciate you doing this with me today. Um, You want to plug in your book and uh, anything you want to finish on?
1: Yeah. You know, I, um. I would really appreciate the support with readers for my book, because again, um, it shares the message and maybe you are feeling your strength and that's wonderful and amazing. And I would encourage you to continue and express that. But maybe my book is something you could pass along to somebody who's maybe not in that spot yet. Or maybe you could then share the message as well, Um, because the more people that we can help share and spread the message of strength. I think that the stronger that we can all become together, which is kind of share the strength so we can come become stronger. I don't know. Anyway. So my book is called finding strength in the dark, a story of hope, love, faith, and hot pink, Mary Janes. Uh, And you can see more about that book on amazon.com. And then if you have any questions for me, I am happy to, reach out and talk with you guys or you e- respond to an email and you can do that at information at I got dot Hey, and even if you just want to reach out because you need somebody to talk to, or somebody that can listen to you, I am here for you. And you can also reach out at that email address. Um, I'm also on Instagram at I got faith, baby um, with uh, underscores between each word. So I am here for you guys. And, you know, we are just going to continue to, Respect the way the ocean shows its strength and share that within us. And I send all my love to all of you out there.
0: All right, Annette, I thank you for doing this and I hope you have a good day.
1: You too. talk to you soon. Bye. All right. Bye.
0: All right. I know people go to gyms day in and day out. Trying to find a way to get in shape. They are also told by personal trainers to lose weight is to be on the treadmill. You do that for so much and they don't get the results. If you are the person that I am describing, go check out Vector Fit. I mean, check out Thomas Hatton. He is a trained personal trainer. He is a nutritionist. He writes down your workout plans. He gets you the result that you are needing. And even better, guys, I know we have that hard word that's the word dieting. And let me tell you, he brings a whole different level to that word. It is not just you not eat cake, you don't eat anything. No, he brings out what you really need for your body. He puts a training program specifically for your body. So check out Vector Fit at Facebook, at Vector Fit. You can also check him out on Instagram, at Vector Fit. Um, and also, if you need to, if you're not really fond of social media, you can also call him at 904-548-8479. That is 904-548-8479. That is Vector Fit in Yulee, Florida area. Thomas Hatton, y'all. So if y'all want to change your body, hit him up. All right, time to get go home, Q. First and foremost, I'd like to thank Annette Pearson for coming on today, just having a great chat with us truly inspirational monumental um definitely definitely learned so much from her in that short time that we have chatted uh apologized also to her on the the lost distance on just for a quick second but we got it back up and running and obviously it went smooth and we ended it off just fine but uh net it was just a cool time chatting with her and just to see how enjoyable like how happy she is with a lot of stuff that she has had in her past um lord only knows anyone would never want to have to lose a child yet alone but i mean the positive out of it is she got a, she got one of these i think it's going to be a game changer novel and i really know that there's so many people that have had so much tragedies in their life and i really think reading that book could really i would help i would say like not 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 totally heal but obviously just be able to relate to something and be like you know what maybe it's not as bad as we thought um, there's always a positive in, and even negatives out here but there's always a positive in everything that goes on so i hope everyone has a good weekend It is Friday, a.k.a. pre-time for Super Bowl. Uh, Everybody wants to know my pick. I did say it when I was with Marcus Jerry. We're going to also give everybody a heads up on my own biased opinion. We will be back on Super Bowl night. Uh, We will be chatting it up. And we're going to talk about the Super Bowl. We're going to talk about just a great season this NFL done. I want to say congrats to the NFL. You have almost made it. We have almost finished the season outside of this COVID mess. Uh, not saying it's going to be fully gone, but, I mean, we got it through. And now we know football can survive from the COVID agenda. But my pick for this weekend, uh Tampa. I'm going with Tampa Bay. It's Florida team. And most important, it's in Tampa Bay. And like I said before, man, you can't bet against Brady. So we'll see what happens on that. But all right, guys, it's time to wrap it up. Everybody enjoy the Super Bowl night. Get your wings, chips, pizza, ribs, whatever you're going to do. Have a great time. Have a good gathering. But make sure you say six feet at distance. But Wear your mask. So I hope everyone washes their hands. Stay safe. Stay clean. Do what you got to do. Protect what you got. And I will be back when I have more. zip, zip, zip. Zip, zip. zip. Down the road. Later.